RadioInfluence.com. We'll take a deep dive into America's problems and fix them, or at least try to, with talk show host Donna Fiducia and former CIA operative Claire Lopez on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it. Leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. It was such an enlightening and memorable experience hanging out and conversing with Donna Fiducia and Claire Lopez at the Rock the Red convention earlier this month that I decided to transport the eye-opening conversations from the Greenville, South Carolina location to the airwaves so you can hear why I look forward to this unofficial ritual of three years. We were dead tired after the convention ended Saturday night and most certainly running on fumes when we got together late Sunday morning. But as they say, the show must go on. So let's get into it. You know, I really look forward to going down to Rock the Red in Greenville, South Carolina. And this year in early May, the keynote speakers were Lara Trump. Uh, Mike Lindell, Roger Stone had a great time, ran into a lot of friends that have been on this podcast. And uh, some of them, there's been this thing that just has happened organically the last three years. And I really wanted to share it with you. The co-hosts of the event, Donna Fiducia and Don Nguyen, who have their own show, Cowboy Logic on Real America's Voice, they co-MC the event. And then there's Claire Lopez, former CIA, CIA operative and president founder of Lopez Liberty LLC. And it just seems to happen the last three years that during the course of the weekend and the day after, since we seem to be still there on Sunday, we get together and we just talk and solve all the problems of the world, or at least we mm -hmm. try to. And, um, you know, uh, I just thought it would be great to let the listening audience hear what we do because it's organic, it's from the heart, and it's true. And I must say, before we start, we have two people here. Don Nguyen was not able to make it, and uh, he's a big part of what the three of us would do. And he he he's just keeps everything, you know, just moving and shaking, and and will always. Uh, just almost take things off the rail. If you've heard him on this <laughs> podcast before, I think Donna's probably no, he's unpredictable. not there. He he's is unpredictable. unpredictable. So Donna, since you went there, since you <laughs> went there, we're Sunday morning, we're standing out in front and you and Don are loading your long black stretch limo with all your stuff <laughs> to take back to Georgia. Camry. Okay. Well, it looked like a stretch limo to me, even though it was square. I'm joking. But so Claire and I, we, you know, we talk for about 40 minutes trying to solve the world's problems. And then Don disappears in the car and he says, Gary, I got a surprise for you and Claire. And I think you kept me out of jail, Donna, because I don't know what he had planned. But you walked over and said, Don, I don't think you should do that. And he didn't. Was he about to get me into trouble? I don't know what he was doing. He's he like he does all kinds of weird things like you wouldn't believe. I, I must say, 
if he drank, we'd really be in trouble. He doesn't drink. <laughs> right. We'd really be in trouble. But you know what's so funny? Out of all these years of doing Rock the Red and before that, the South Carolina Tea Party Coalition Convention, he always wanted to meet Claire. That was his big thing. And we finally met Claire. He was like a, a kid on, you know, Christmas morning. It was so funny because we had had her on the show a number of times. Mm-hmm. But, Gary, you know, quite honestly, Lopez Liberty LLC, which I have memorized because we've had Claire on the show so many times, is such a tip of the iceberg because you need like the entire show to do Claire's resume. She's a badass. And you want to know something. Yeah. And you want to know something. Here's the interesting thing. You need an entire show to list her resume. And she doesn't even know her own resume because I'll say, Claire, (laughs) tell tell them, tell them where they can reach you. And she's like, oh, let me see here. And she'll get a few out and she'll get to this one and that (laughs) one. But there's so many she doesn't have memorized, but she's got a long history of this. So let's get started and let's get cranking. And I'd like to, you know, just like we do, we just sit around and talk. So my first question for both of you. What was there something that you heard down at Rock the Red that surprised you or that you said, I didn't know that? What was the number one thing that you went, hmm? Claire, you go first. I got to think about that. Um, you know, the, the, the great part about Rock the Red, Gary and, and, and Donna, uh, is that it's it's kind of old home week when um, a bunch of us who have known each other or at least been in contact with each other in some way or other for a very long time, get to actually come together uh, in person, you know, at this convention. Um, Mm -hmm. And so very many of the speakers, um, you know, at, at, at the convention uh, were already, you know, very well known to, I think all of us, we three anyway, and Don. Mm -hmm. And um, so I can't say that there was anything uh, surprising it was so good to hear everybody, to get together with everybody, uh, listen to them. And I, I listened to most of the speakers. I was in the room most of the time. Um, but what was important is that they were getting that message out to other people, the attendees. Um, exactly. Not necessarily known them for a long time and may have been hearing some of what they had to say for the first time. So I think that's that's the important point. More than for us, it, it was for the audience and and those who I guess will get to hear it, um, you know, from the website. Like afterwards, I believe it's going to be up there. See, Donna, Rock before you answer, USA.com, by the way. Say that, that again, Claire. A Rock the Red USA.com is the website. There you go. Mm-hmm. Donna, before you answer, see, that answer is coming from a person that knows everything. Because I sat with Claire throughout most of the speakers, and when they said something I didn't know, I turned to her to see if she rolled her eyes or not. So if, <laughs> if she didn't roll her eyes, or there's, there's, and there's sometimes I'd look and say, um, Claire, what, what do you think about that? And there was one guest we won't mention that, that <laughs> she had a major problem with. But, you know, but most of the guests, most of the things that they said, you know, she, like you just said, there were things she knew. A lot of these things I didn't know. I, before you answered, Donna, uh, Jovan Pulitzer, who who I will be uh, interviewing for a podcast next week, he opened my eyes to a lot of technical things about uh, election fraud and steel that I didn't know. So that one got yep. me. And Lara Trump confirmed my worst fear that when Donald went in the White House, he actually thought, 
the Democrats were going to work with him instead of uh -huh. trying to destroy him. I kind of knew that's the way it would have to go down because we know who they are. But she confirmed Lara, uh, his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, that it took him by surprise when instead of trying to work with him, they tried to destroy him. So what say you, Donna? Exactly. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, I remember Trump specifically saying that after he got elected. He goes, you know, normally, I mean, put it this way. Every time there's a, a presidential election, do you even hear from the president after that, let alone midterms or anything like that? Normally, they just start doing their thing and that's it. Well, that's really the problem. We've been sitting back assuming, but if you are a um, Felix Unger fan, you know what happens when you assume. You make an ass out of you and me. And therefore, what happened is, for, and this has been going on for decades. We have Naomi Wolf on our show uh, this week, who people who've watched War Room and, and um, Real America's Voice are very familiar with. She's a big time leftist. She is a Bill Clintonite. She campaigned for him and she works with RFK Jr. She started with a lot of the Riverkeeper stuff and then obviously moving into the health stuff. And RFK's book, uh, Jr.'s book, The uh, Real Anthony Fauci, is completely eye opening. Everybody knows read it said you, you just won't believe it. Anyhow, we have her on the show this week for a complete hour. And she said, um, you know, I, I never realized it. I never realized that the people that I thought were my friends are totally working against me now. And it's the Republicans who are open minded and love America and want to preserve the future of this country for our children. And she bought a gun last week. How funny is that? Oh. I mean, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden she realized what the Second Amendment is for. And, and this is eye opening for so many people. And I feel that if Hillary Clinton had gotten in, we never it would have just happened. And we would have been caught with our pants down and we never would have seen this happening. That's the good story that we're seeing it happening. The bad story is, can we last another two years? And I remember Donald Trump saying exactly what Laura was talking about. I remember him saying in public, boy, I thought, you know, we'd all come together and work together. Uh, no. Nah. Um, now, maybe during the time of Ronald Reagan, that was the case. Maybe even the time of Bush one and Bush two, that was the case. But not now. These people are playing for keeps. And it's not the Republicans or the Democrats. It's a uniparty. I mean, if you're going to vote for $40 billion for Ukraine, which is probably more than we spent in the Gulf War when we don't have baby formula and diesel is five fifty a gallon and we can't get stuff on the shelves. Whose side are these people on? And we have to have vaccine passports when the, the we're having the invasion at the southern border with people that are totally unvetted and we're giving them free stuff. It's so maddening that I, if you wanted to destroy this country, you wouldn't do anything different than what Joe Biden is doing right now. You know, I let me tell you, no, you, you're you're entitled to stay up there as long as you want. And what's scary about your soapbox? Two years ago, when I went down the first time and when I met you and you were instrumental for getting me, you told me to come on down. You just become a Facebook friend and you didn't know me. And you and Don said, come on down. We're emceeing. And you open your arms to me. Came up on when I had a little spot on Rocky and the Wolfman. You two came on and Claire came on and and Trevor and John Guandolo. I got to meet a lot of people. And that year, 
I was on fire and I'm as you guys and saying, yeah, let's take this back to the people. And then last year, you know, listening to General Flynn and listening to Tom Holman and you and Claire and Trevor in the same group. Yeah, the Democrats, they're, they're evil. They're this, they're the other thing. And then we hearing this thing again. We're, we're understanding the election steal with Jovan. We're understanding what happened on January 6th, where some of you were at. We're understanding about what's going on at the border and all these things. My question to you guys is like we talked about. You know, we thought we thought it hit reached critical mass two years ago and thought, well, for sure, America's going to wake up last year. When are they going to wake up? Not if they cheat. Buzz, Buzz Patterson, who carried the nuclear football for Bill Clinton and lived in the White House for like two years. He wrote mm-hmm. a book called Dereliction of Duty. He's a Delta pilot besides the veteran, obviously a Delta pilot. And now he lives out in Sacramento. He tried to run against Ami Barrett in uh, Sacramento 7, I think it was. I don't know if it's been Mm. moved around a little bit with the census. But all of a sudden, they found 5,000 votes, you know, and he was way ahead. This guy, Ami Barrett, didn't even, you know, take votes on anything. He's a quote-unquote doctor who's never practiced. He's totally up Nancy Pelosi's backside. She totally finances him. And there's no way somebody who's even semi-conservative is going to win out in California in most uh, congressional districts. And and he's frustrated. I don't blame him, you know, and and it's just ridiculous. All of a sudden in New Jersey, they find 30,000 votes in Bergen County, which is similar to Fulton County here in Georgia or Essex County in New Jersey, which is Newark. All of a sudden they find 30,000 votes and and uh, Citarelli loses. I mean, give me a break. You know, I've had people tell me, and, and I, I hope it's wrong, that they can control this vote so meticulously with these Dominion machines, which are still there, that they gave Yunkin the win just to kind of appease the masses so they can oh, come into the midterms and think, oh, well, maybe, you know, it, it does work. It doesn't. If you listen to Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, he's amazing what he knows. And the fact is, when you print out your ballot and you have those little hashtags on those little ballots, just like is on a can of peas when you go to buy it at Kroger, you have no idea what they're charging you. You have no idea what your vote is. And then after you print out your vote and you stick it in that little machine like a dollar will take your uh, a Coke machine will take your dollar. You have no idea what it's reading and they can switch it any way they want. So I voted early. And I went and I said to, to the guy after I printed out my ballot and I brought it back to be put in that little counting machine where they eat your ballot and they don't give you a copy. I said to him, I want to look and see how many votes for Purdue were here in Georgia, how many votes for Purdue and how many votes for Kemp. And then after I put my ballot in, I want to make sure I've got one more for the guy I voted for. And he goes, oh, we can't let you do that. Well, why not? Mm. All I want to do is look at the counter on the back of the machine because they're cheating. And I guarantee they're cheating. Now, they may put, I don't know if they're going to put Kemp in there and over Purdue. Purdue is doing his damnedest, honestly, not to really campaign. Right. Uh, Maybe he's saving his money. I don't know. But I have heard 172,000 people voted over the midterm election in 2018 because people in Georgia are pissed. 
And that's a huge number. And if in 2018, when Kemp ran for the first time around, that means that's 172,000 people who didn't vote for Kemp. There you go. So we'll see what happens now. There he is. You need 50% to go to a runoff. Chances are it will go to a runoff. I don't think Kemp's going to get 50%, but then they can do whatever they want with the vote because the machines are still there. And I got something from uh, the Secretary of State Ratzenberger in the mail even today where he said, Jody Heiss, who's a former congressman who's running for secretary of state against him, didn't do anything for voter integrity, didn't do anything for this, didn't do anything for that. And I'm thinking to myself, he was a congressman. You're the secretary of state. What the heck did you do? You don't even have signature verifications here in Georgia. So uh, I, I actually took a picture of it and sent it to Joe Vaughn about 10 minutes ago before I, we started talking. And I said, the chutzpah, quite honestly, of Ratzenberger to even say that and to think that people are going to want to vote for him after what happened here in Georgia. But we'll see what happens. And Jovan just texted me back, LOL. <laughs> yeah, well, Jovan opened my eyes. I know I know the listeners are going to get an eye-opening experience from him because, boy, the stuff he knows, just like the stuff you, you two know. Uh, before we go any further, Claire, give him some hope because, see, what ends up happening is we go down there and we hear from about 30 speakers how screwed up things are and how the, the, the Marxist, communist, whatever you want to call them, left has taken us to the edge of the cliff. But we, we get a message of hope and we, we tend to leave uh, encouraged that we can still win this battle. So I know when we left, we left encouraged Sunday at noon. So you, you, you got some encouragement for the people? Well, you know, a few things. Um, uh, the American people are way more aware uh, of what's going on, what did go on back in November of 2020 and with elections uh, now than they were back then. Uh, and that's because of people like Javon Pulitzer uh, and everybody else who has uh, testified, for example, at these um, state level legislative hearings, um, which so many of us have watched. Um, and, and, you know, on another theme, um, more aware because uh, since 2020 um, and the lockdowns, which kept both parents and kids at home, parents are now aware um, from looking over the kids' shoulders on the laptops on the kitchen table, you know, what's being taught in the schools. And, mm -hmm. and so what has happened? You know, they flooded the school board meetings. Uh, they've changed, voted out the, uh, the school board members who, who were responsible for a lot of this and voted in uh, other people. Lots left to do, obviously, not there yet. But what I mean to say is that people are a lot more awake. They're a lot more aware. Uh, and, and when they hear people like Trevor Loudon speak, um, you know, they know where they can go. They can go to Epoch Times where Trevor Loudon has a regular program called Counterpunch, revealing names and places and organizations, you know, of the communist penetration in America. Um, we listen to people like Gordon Chang, you know, who came to us uh, over Zoom, over uh, a video that day, he couldn't be there in, in person. Um, but, but his solution was, we need to decouple from China, meaning commercially, decouple, bring production and manufacturing back home again. You know, these are solutions. Um, and then we heard somebody like a John Guandolo at Understanding the Threat 
uh, with whom I've worked for many, many years. And uh, we heard about the new program that uh, he and the team, uh, I'm part of that team, uh, that, that we are um, offering to local communities. We, in the past, taught a lot of law enforcement, uh, sheriff's departments and police departments, but now um, the program is geared towards ordinary American citizen patriots at the local level. And uh, so he described those programs called uh, Into Action. And he told people where they can go to get involved, you know, at the understandingthethreat.com website. So a lot of things were offered to people at, at the conference, but also just because of what's been happening over the last couple of years, um, I think Americans, um, in, I mean, th those who want to be educated and engaged are becoming so in, in a way right. far beyond whatever was the case before 2020. Do you think it's enough, though, because, you know, it's like a diet, like a guy or a gal that gains five pounds a year for 10 years. So they're 50 pounds overweight. Now they want to take it off and they want to take it off in 10 weeks. It doesn't necessarily work that way. So we have given away the store inch by inch, yard by yard for 75 years. Is it? Do we have enough time, do you think? to take it back before well, I mean, it's already they win happening. another election. Okay. It's already happening. I mean, we can look at different states. Um, we can look at the new laws that these state legislatures are passing, things like banning ballot drop boxes, um, mm -hmm. you know, things like mandating a voter ID, um, you know, mandating paper ballots. These things are happening, if not all at the state level, but uh, perhaps down at a, um, a uh, you know, a county level or or even lower than that, uh, more local, uh, a precinct, a, a district level. These things are happening yeah, all what, over the country. So it doesn't yeah, have to be, uh, you know, yeah. that it takes as long as it took to get into the, the mess we were in. It doesn't have to take that long to get out of it as people no. are aware and begin clamoring for change to their representatives and then electing, nominating and backing and electing new representatives at all these different levels, you know, who will uh, do the will of the people. That's happening. But it's so it's so disconcerting, Claire. You know how many people called McConnell's office and called their, uh, con their congressman about this $40 billion more for Ukraine when we don't have uh, baby formula here? They do whatever they damn well feel like, which is so annoying. Yeah. They it don't is. represent it, yeah. us anymore. That's what's so well, scary. That's that's why you know some of them have to go. And the thing about yep. the forty billion, yeah, we need to back Ukraine with everything we can possibly do. But that forty billion dollar package of woke pork is laden with measures and money that are not for Ukraine at all. That's the problem with that bill. It's not even for Ukraine alone. All. Uh, in that bill. It's woke pork is what's in there. That's the problem. And that's that's uniparty stuff, a term you might have heard some people use. Uniparty, not Democrat, not Republican. Nope. Uh, They're uniparty. all getting paid off. It's established. They're all got their money in the pie. All getting paid off. And, and you know what? I have a friend who is trying to build a house and her contractor, this is here in Georgia, her contractor said, I'm going to Ukraine for two weeks. This was recently. Because you'll notice you haven't seen a whole lot about fighting lately. 
So he oh, yes, we've heard. Weeks. I get daily updates. There's massive fighting going on, and I get the updates every day. I'll give you a source to look at. Institute for the Study of War. Chairman of the board, mm -hmm. headed up by retired General Jack Keane. Excellent, excellent reporting day by day. Um, if you want to receive, um, no, you know, updated. Is uh, that more... But Claire, is that more in Russian areas, uh, Russian-speaking areas already? Oh this no, 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 saw no. Nothing. He saw no, it's nothing all over for the country. two weeks. It's okay. It's, uh, so ask it's me, blow by blow in the Donbas, and it's okay. also focusing on the south, which lies along the Sea of Azov, and uh, then the other side of the Kerch Strait uh, on in the Black Sea where the Russians are now taking aim at Odessa, which, which lies on the Black Sea in an effort to um, landlock Ukraine and prevent all of its grain exports. Another topic we need to talk about, yeah. uh, global well, food insecurity this. that's coming. So yeah, you, you can get blow by blow if you want. Uh, social media also has many, many sites. Um, I can hardly list them all here. Uh, but you, you can get daily video updates. Yeah, the fighting is raging. Okay, yes. but for, yeah. there's two things here then. If it's that terrible, why does McConnell, Pelosi, Schiff, Biden, Dr. Jill Biden go over there if it's that scary? Because they went to Kiev. had a concert there. Because they, went concert. To, because they went to the capital. They went to Kiev, which Ukrainian forces liberated a couple of weeks ago. Kiev okay. is secure. The forces right, of so, uh, the Russian forces have departed the area around Kiev and moved back to the east uh, into the Donbass, where they've also now not been successful in uh, taking the second largest city in Ukraine, and that is Kharkiv. Uh, but the okay, fighting so rages we, in the Donbass. If, if we give them $40 billion, which most of it is going to prop up the Ukrainian government and their unions and everything else, from what I'm hearing. Not to mention, you know darn well that Pelosi and Schiff and everybody else ran over there to keep their money laundering going. I'm sorry. You've got at least eight, <laughs> well, I haven't seen um, any, any reporting about money laundering by the by the uh, by the uh, Speaker of the House or, or the Speaker uh, Minority Leader of the Senate. I've heard nothing. Absolutely no. Would you expect to? Yeah, but Claire, look at the no. look at the. You know, you're, you're gonna give a guy. You're gonna impeach a guy for a perfectly good phone call they are over there completely it, it's been known for years what's going on Hunter biden i think 11 million dollars they were saying just in a couple of years went through ukraine with what he was doing and then 10 percent for the big guy it's yes it's but that's that a separate thing than uh, accusing the speaker of the house and the minority leader of the senate of money laundering which I've not seen yeah. any maybe it's, my, maybe it's the journalist in me because I just go by how they act. And it's pretty obvious, in my opinion, they'd be run. Why are they running over there when they have never even been to the uh, U.S.-Mexico border? Because they've they been shamed. Interest. They've been yeah, shamed into going over there because every other leader of every other parliament in Western Europe and NATO already has been there. They are the Johnny-come-latelys. They're the ones who went last after they got shamed into it because everybody else had already been there. Claire, Claire Donna brought up a very good point. Donna brought, brought up a very good point. If they were shamed to go to the Ukraine, why can't they be shamed to go to the southern border? Ah, exactly. different story. Different story. Exactly. 
We don't care. It doesn't matter. But we what's the different story? Why can't that that def- that that affects us directly? Why exactly? Yeah, because they're on board with what's going on at our southern border. Plain and simple, they're on board with that. But don't they put their hand on the Bible and swear to protect the homeland? That's number one, Claire, and they don't do it. And well, the president of the United States is also bound by Article two, Section three of the U.S. Constitution, which says specifically that the president shall ensure the laws be faithfully executed, quote unquote. There you go. Okay, And where are we getting 40 billion dollars from? You and me. More monopoly money. We don't have it. We, we don't us. you know exactly the taxpayers. This is we don't have this anymore. This is going to totally and, and what is NATO putting in? What is Germany well, see, put in? What that's is, where Donald Trump would be a different president were he in office now. Remember exactly. what he did with NATO, the NATO members um when he was president uh between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty one, and that is that he got the NATO members to pony up their pledged um, expenditure of GDP for defense. Boy, do they Mm -hmm. wish they'd listen a little more now, right? Um, Well, I am sick of being the doormat. Donald Trump did that, but but this president is not. But Claire, I know know with the CIA uh, and, and what you know from the CIA, it's pretty clear if you look at history at this point, how we just stick our nose in all of these places. And it's got to be hard, you know, for us to admit that we might be wrong. But we end up sticking our nose in places and then we pull out and then we go somewhere else. Now, you know, we left 85 billion in Afghanistan. Now we're going to we I believe, what is it, four trillion in the Gulf War over the last 20 years. And now we're going to go to Somalia. That's the next one. You know, Black Hawk down, ring a bell. I mean, to me, I hate to say it. We need to worry about our homeland now. We have inflation that's going to be through the roof. We are going under at this point, like the Myanmar Republic in Germany. If we don't well, I mean, start absolutely. Yeah, no, ourselves absolutely. out. These things are um, critical at critical levels here in the United States. But um, I think what we need to look at in Ukraine is that it's not just some country way over there that has nothing to do with us. We are involved whether we want to be or not. Number one, because around the periphery of Ukraine are NATO members, um, a bunch of them, whether directly don't do or anything to protect removed. themselves. And I'm talking here about the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, right. Lithuania. Let them I'm talking then. about Poland. I'm talking about Hungary, Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria. And I'm also talking now, or maybe we could go into this, uh, Gary, is what that conflict is going to do already doing to the world food issue. And Please explain. Directly, directly Please explain, because the people American are starting power. to see it. They're starting to understand with the grain, with a, tell, to explain the food chain, because that's something to me. Yeah. Fertilizers um, made with the, oil. Hello. Um, you know? The United States farmers import one half, 50% of the fertilizer used in the United States ordinarily comes from Russia and Ukraine. Yep. Even if they could get it now, the prices are up 400%. 
over mm -hmm. what they were a year ago. Okay, this is how it affects us. Um, and as well, the ingredients to make pesticides, which the farmers also need for their crops, spring planting. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, people may not realize this, but but pesticides are made uh, with uh, ingredients also that come from Russia and Ukraine in a large percentage. Uh, yep. And guess what? The Russians are actually bombing Ukrainian grain and fertilizer storage facilities. And as I said before, trying to blockade the Black Sea ports where the grain, the fertilizer, the pesticides or ingredients are exported from. This will hit mm -hmm. American farmers. It's already hitting American farmers, but it will hit places in Africa even worse. I'm talking about North Africa in particular, places like Egypt that are dependent for the lives of their people on grain imports, especially wheat to make bread, because that's where a great per, big percentage of, of, of the Egyptian people's caloric intake comes from. It's mm -hmm. bread. It's important. How much, and it's sir, do you know how bread. much, do you know how much NATO has put into this so far? No, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but uh, obviously it's not enough. But here's the other thing about NATO countries, for example, uh, Germany, but others too. Um, until just a couple of weeks ago when this changed, they were still importing uh, or under contract to import Russian natural gas. Yeah, uh, which they have example, to buy in rubles, the Nord so they're propping up the ruble. For example, through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is not operational. Mm -hmm. But only a couple of weeks ago, it was a, deci a decision taken by the European Commission uh, to end oil imports from Russia within the next six months. That would be before the winter cold sets in. I did not hear them say anything, though, about natural gas. So they're going to uh, freeze this winter. Or even more... Um, important for them and they're dependent on it. They realize yep. now, you know, what a bad mistake they made by allowing themselves to become so dependent on Russian energy. It, what you know, Donald late, Trump little, said to Angela Merkel four years ago. Why are you allowing the wow, North right, to right. when we can get you the oil? And right. what does he do, Biden? He gets Nord, he okays Nord Stream, and he shuts down the Keystone Pipeline. You right. cannot well, tell me this is not a pandemic. You just can't tell me that. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you this, this so is funny? absolutely what the Kremlin, what Moscow planned to do to subordinate yep. Western Europe and NATO countries to its leverage. Another possible source of natural gas, which really ought to be in, in process right now, um, is something called the East Mediterranean Pipeline. Um, you may know that under the eastern waters of the Mediterranean Sea are huge deposits of both oil and gas. They are often found together. And it's called the Leviathan Field. And wow. uh, the, 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 the literal countries uh, of the Mediterranean, of course, are squabbling over, you know, who's got which slice of that field. We're talking Turkey, Syria, Israel, Lebanon, Egypt, uh, less so Egypt. Um, but 
there is a pipeline proposed to go under the Mediterranean, bring the gas supplies from there uh, to a terminal in Greece, and then from Greece on up into Europe. Well, guess who threw a spanner into that work? The Biden administration. All right, Claire, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what's on. really funny, Gary? This is like what we talk about in the rotunda. <laughs> the right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, we know, this we know, okay. We, hey, are the sanctions... All the problems of the world. Right. We, yeah, Claire's got all the answers, but nobody's paying attention. And, you know, Claire, are the sanctions working and why are we involved in all this? In other words... We're involved because it directly affects hold on, us. Hold on, hold on. People are, but it I never people, should have happened in the first place. Well, I hope you're understanding. You know, I know this could be very technical, but can you see how involved we are in stuff that shouldn't? We we have our own issues, and look, we got to be involved with all this. Look, our the world, the world is interconnected in ways right. today that we have no control over. There is no going back to a time of George Washington when we can beware of foreign entanglements. That is not today anymore. We are completely intertwined economically, obviously by food, obviously by energy. There's no getting away from that. Moreover, we are a member of NATO, which lies right on the other side of Ukraine, as I've said. So yep. um, there's no way we cannot be involved in this. It is absolutely US national security that Ukraine survive as an independent sovereign nation state that makes its own decisions about its own people, its own uh, foreign policy. But Claire, it's like and one of the most corrupt Russia, countries and right. that in that area. And pushed out of Ukraine. This is absolutely critical to world okay. security, to global security, but, of which we're a yeah, part. But it's our money. It's our money. Nobody else is ponying up. Right. We yes, they are. Dependent. They are voting up a lot. Uh, they're not much. doing forty billion, I bet. Are the sanctions working? No. Are the sanctions working? Neither do we. Yes, the sanctions are working, but the thing about That's sanctions is that they take a long time. You're not going to see results necessarily right overnight. But I will tell you that sanctions do work. The Russian economy is in collapse. It is not going to recover anytime soon. Um, I'm sorry about that, but that is uh, the situation for the Russian people is what I mean I'm sorry about. Um, but yes, sanctions absolutely do work. They are working and the Russian economy is in shambles and will be for many years to come. Okay, let's and take so a look. Hold on. Economy. Yeah, let's take a left hand turn. Okay, we understand what's going on there and what's working. What's not working in the United States? Donna, what's our number one problem? And then Claire, in your mind, what is the number one issue in our working? nation? Now, what is the, the number one government. issue we have to deal with? The number one problem that needs to be corrected in America that we tried to correct over that weekend. And Claire, what is the number one problem <laughs> to you that we came up with all the right solutions, but nobody will listen? To me, it's a deep state. It's, it's a uniparty, it's a deep state. Everybody right now is out for their own backside and could care less about the country. Eventually, the parasites are killing the host. There is um, a guy who was at, um, you know, uh, Rock the Red a couple years ago that uh, wrote a book called The Divided Era. 
And it basically talked about how at the beginning of any government, you you have a um, you have a competition for ideas. At the end of any government, you have a competition for spoils, and that's what they're doing. And I'm telling you, Claire, in my opinion, that's why they're all over Ukraine. They're trying to get their forty billion hand in the pie. I'm sorry, you know, you you got a person in in Donald Trump getting impeached for a phone call that was with Ukraine. And uh, Tom Del Beccaro, who wrote that book, The Divided Era, is the guy who actually r- ran against Kamala Harris for Senate out in California. And he roasted her, you know. But unfortunately, the way things are so skewed in California, a Republican can't win. But this book is, to me, very prophetic. And he wrote it like 10 years ago. And it's human nature. I hate to say it. Right now, everybody's looking for their own backside to see how much money they can get before everything collapses. And I hate to say it. But if Donald, you know, it's totally run on Trump derangement syndrome. We were energy independent. Angela Merkel was told you need to let the pipeline, you know, not be built quite honestly. We'll send you the oil. You don't want to be dependent on Russia. They didn't care because they hated Donald Trump. In my opinion, it's the one world order people that are basically pushing for all this. Our number one problem, Claire, to you is? The most uh, urgent, critical problem in America today is the economy. Uh, It's inflation. Uh, It is too many dollars pumped into the the marketplace by the U.S. government. Uh, Trillions and trillions of dollars uh, that flooded into our economy, uh, which uh, wound up chasing too few goods produced. That's what inflation is. Too much money chasing too few goods. And because mm-hmm. people were on lockdown, businesses were shut down, businesses were, were, were closed and, and destroyed, uh, and people got used to sitting at home, not working, production in this country took a nosedive. It has not yep. recovered. And that's why so many dollars pumped into the economy has predictably caused sky-high inflation with no end in sight. Number two, uh, I, would, I would agree with Donna, Uh, on the energy production. So uh, Donald Trump left uh, us a country that was energy independent. And uh, as soon as the new regime came in, um, they reversed all of Trump's policies with regard to energy um, on a pledge basically to destroy fossil fuels, to destroy the fossil fuel industry in this country. Mm -hmm. And so because because fuel, affects everything else in the economy, delivery of every other, and and production of of every other good and and service that we have. Uh, It's not just the gasoline prices when we go to the pump to fill up our cars, but it is um, uh, the cost of fuel for everything else, including production of products and delivery of products. And so I would say that's number two. And each one of those... um, is is completely, um, you know, the fault of the current regime in in the White House. Um, Donald Trump left us an economy in good shape, energy independent. And then, of course, the third thing I'd say, if I have to do one, two, three, the third thing I would say is national security uh, and an open southern border uh, through which are flooding uh, hordes of, of border crashers, illegal border crashers. Uh, we do not know who they are. Among them, certainly, are gangbangers, are terrorists, 
um, are criminals, but Fighting nobody knows men. because they're they're waved into the country without any kind of check or vetting whatsoever. So that's one, two, three: economy, energy, and the border. Well, but let me know say what, one. Claire, Go ahead. The Donna. bottom. Ahead. Uh, now, the bottom line is we don't have forty billion to send to Ukraine. We just don't have it. Forty billion is more than we spent on the entire Gulf War in '91. We just don't have the money anymore. We cannot be. And I, I believe that's why is it Sweden and Finland that are suddenly wanting to get into NATO so we can, you know, have two more countries live off the U.S. government tit. I'm sorry. That's what it is. We don't have the money. It's terrible what's happening in Ukraine. It never would have happened if Donald Trump were there. If Joe Biden is allowing this to happen. We have to go to court for two and a half years for five billion dollars to to finish the wall, which is still not finished. I mean, this is insane. We just don't, we can't keep printing. We don't have the money and we are going to be in total collapse if this keeps going. And starting with the 40 billion in Ukraine, we have to bring charity begins at home, in my opinion. I hate to say it, you know, but I know given Claire with your background, obviously you look at the worldview, we're screwed. We're screwed right now if we don't have a strong economy here and the whole world relies on the U S government. And that's sad. The U S taxpayer, I should say. Speaking of being screwed, since you brought up screwed, uh, I want to talk about screwed because the thing that really got under my skin and we discussed this and I was sitting with Claire when, uh, you know, when you were bringing these people up to talk about this, what happened to the people that got arrested on January 6th that are still in jail without even being charged and everything? How can this be going on in our United States of America? And why aren't anybody doing anything about it? Because it's the Uniparty. We have a guy on this show, this week's show on Real America's Voice, Cowboy Logic on Real America's Voice from the D.C. Gulag. And he just doesn't care anymore. His name is Sean McHugh. Do you realize they can't even let these people have a Zoom call with their loved ones so they can't even see their faces? They only allow them phone calls. So we had Sean McHugh's fiance, Amy Hunt, and his stepdaughter on, Kaylee was her name. She's 19 years old, very close to her stepdad. We had them on for one section for, uh, for half an hour. And then as we were, we, we re-record, we uh, do record our show. As we were about to hang up, Amy goes, oh, Sean is calling in. So I said, put him on. We started recording. So we added it to the end of our show. He, start, he called us from the DC Gulag. He's talking about rats that are running around. They actually named them MAGA rats. That's how big they are. <laughs> Make America great again, rats. You put a sandwich down and cockroaches are running all over it they have um inmates that are being beaten by the guards the guards are actually african not african-american they're african guards who hate this country and hate these people that are in the j6 gulag and don't have a problem beating them up that's quite honestly what's going on and you actually can hear on the recording of our show of them saying, this is being recorded. And you know what? He At this point, he's been there for an entire year with no due process. He doesn't care because he's trying to fight for all of us, quite honestly, 
Because if they go down, we're all going down. They're not going after Donald Trump. They're going after us. And Claire, this is be- disgusting. Claire, before you respond, I, Donna, I have to ask you a question. Oh, boy, because this isn't Sean McHugh from Long Island, New York, is it? No, he lives in California. Okay, because I used to work with a Sean McHugh uh, from Long Island. I used to sit next to him, and boy, I wouldn't want anybody in 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 going through this. But Claire, I don't think I don't think the average Joe Public America person has any idea that not only are there a whole group of people in jail, but they're trying to jail others that may have saw something or heard something on that day. I, I was just totally stunned by this. Yeah, well, uh, I'll have to say that one of the most moving uh, times at our Rock the Red USA conference Mm -hmm. was when um, they were able to play the national anthem. uh, The yeah, the recording of uh, you know the the uh, the the gulag inmates um, singing the national anthem, which they do uh, every night at 9 p.m. And um, it so happened that uh, one of them had. his mother on the phone, she recorded it as it was being sung and then passed that to the, uh, the conference where no, uh, we were able me, to uh, listen and hear it. Claire, pass it to me. She sent it to me when we were at a Trump rally and mm-hmm. we tried to get it on during the Trump rally, but they actually stopped the recording at nine o'clock uh, at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. We were at a Trump rally, so they wouldn't let us record it. So we told her to record it later on that night. She sent it to me. We sent it to the Rock the Red, and we've sent it to Real America's Voice and to whoever wants it. We start it at the top of our show every single week now until these people are released. It's a woman named Leslie McGrew, and it's her son, James McGrew, who is a veteran, a wounded warrior. He's 38 years old. He needs dire medical attention right now and they're not giving it to him and he just pleaded guilty last friday he may get just because he wants to get into a better facility they may give him 10 years and all he did was defend himself quite honestly and we can show the video against dc police who were spraying him with not just pepper spray but with bear spray and bullets rubber bullets and this in fact, Eric, Eric Cochran got hit in the leg with a rubber bullet. Yeah. Yep. Claire, tell them what Claire, Claire, please tell them what. See, people are like, they're in jail. They're still there. Why? What do they do? Please tell them why they're there. There, there are a few people uh, who have really taken up this cause. And Julie Kelly is one of those. Yep. Um, awesome. Really on the front lines of, of this. And there are a number uh, of people in Congress, congressional members, representatives like Louis Gohmert, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, like Mark uh, uh, Gates, uh, Matt Gates, uh, Matt Gates. yeah, uh, Matt Gates, like uh, wh- whom else am I forgetting? Um, but a number who have repeatedly tried to and actually succeeded in getting into uh, the DC jail. Um, uh, and and continue to try to 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 get through and and expose what's going on in there. So, I mean, there are some, but but too few, um, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, most McCarthy, Americans don't realize. Kevin McCarthy should be there every 
damn day at nine o'clock yeah. in the morning. He's not doing crap for anybody. If this were reversed, you know darn well the Democrats would be there all up in arms. Why are they in jail when somebody like Madonna, the day after Trump gets inaugurated, says, I want to blow up the White House? When Kathy Griffin shows the severed head of Donald Trump, when a Johnny Depp, whom I love, there's nothing better than Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm sorry. Johnny Depp gets up there and says, <laughs> when was the last time a president killed, uh, I mean, uh, an actor killed a president? Hello? And you've got these guys. Troy Smocks was on our show. He's a black guy. They called him a white supremacist. He was in Texas, Dallas, Texas on 1-6. He was not in D.C. He got re- arrested Roger Stone style because he did a tweet that they said, and that wasn't even a tweet, it was Parler, which was actually not even around anymore. Uh, he he uh, said something on Parler that basically they said threatened Joe Biden. They ripped him out of his house. He did 14 months in the D.C. gulag. They called him a white supremacist. He's out now. But he did 14 months in there. They flew. They didn't even fly him. They stick you with chains and everything, chained like, you know, an animal in, in a back of a truck to Oklahoma, to here, to there. And, and, and you're riding the back of a truck, banging around all the way to D.C. And that's what happened to Sean uh, McHugh. That's what happened to James McGrew. These people are being treated like animals, and all they did was their First Amendment rights to protest. This is what's going on in our country, people. This is what's going on, and it has to stop. And what I want to ask both of you, we left, as I said, we left encouraged. Uh, What do people have to do for us to take the country back? Both of you answer. What do you think? The average Joe public that says, I don't have a microphone, I don't I don't speak, I don't have a radio show, I don't have a TV show, I don't have a podcast, I don't have a platform. What can I do to try and stem this tide and take back our country? I'll jump ahead, in on uh, local level, <laughs> absolutely local level. Uh, that means yep. getting behind candidates, supporting candidates, or incumbents who are, uh, you know, uh, backing the policies that you support. Um, get involved in local elections. I mean local, by city council. I mean library board. I mean, um, you know, uh, the, the, the school board, obviously. Um, you know, local candidates at the county level. Uh, you know, vote uh, for sure, but also get involved if you can um, as, um, you know, uh, election officials or, um, you know, uh, poll watchers. Get trained if you have that time. Uh, pull your kids, if you have them in your family, out of public school. And if you are able to do it, homeschool them. I know that's not possible for everybody, but if you can. Um, mm-hmm. Everything, I think, devolves to the local level. And that is where the change is going to happen. Um, certainly already we're seeing primaries around the country, even now, this month of May 2022. Uh, and certainly then leading up to the November 22 midterm elections. Claire, before Donna answers, I hear you, but can this work if Dominion and the machines are rigged? And as Joe Von Pulitzer uh, explained to us, it's not just the Dominion machines, the whole system, they got all kind of stuff rigged. So getting people, can you get people in if you haven't straightened out? Yeah, I mean, as I've said before, 
at, at many different levels of many different states, they've already addressed those things. Good. Um, and basically, what is a Dominion machine? A Dominion machine uh, is a computer. It's a right. laptop right. that's loaded with Smartmatic or other Dominion type of software. That That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and as Javon Pulitzer has shown us, they have to be sure that they are disconnected from the internet and that you can't get into them in any way, shape, or form, the thermostat on the wall or anything else. People are aware of this now. People are, 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 are much more aware now that, that this is how it works. And again, um, get behind your local level that are changing, um, because that's where elections are. They're at the local level. Get behind the initiatives that are changing uh, the situation, the policies they had in place before. I hear you, Donna. Go for it, because your state, Georgia, boy, that that this is they used to. This is a hot button state. Very important. What's going to be going on there? I'm wearing a shirt right now that has the printing that says "We the People," and underneath it, it says "Are pissed." <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking that about. Pretty much says it right now. These machines are still connected to the internet. I have an email from who Jovan Hutton Pulitzer calls our Secretary of State Raffensberger. He calls him Rat's Ass Booger. There you go. <laughs> I I got it. I got a flyer in the mail today saying how Jody Heiss, who's a former congressman here in Georgia, is running against Rat's Ass Booger for Secretary of State. You know, didn't do anything to secure the machines, didn't do anything to do this, didn't do voter, you know, verification, didn't do ID and all this other stuff. Well, he's not the secretary of state. You are. He took people off the voter rolls that were dead, you know, a week after the election. Sally Grubbs, who is now the Cobb County Republican chairwoman, caught them shredding ballots. She caught a shredding truck at the Cobb County Equestrian Arena, which they used for voting because it was open air during COVID. So I figured it was safer. She saw the shredding truck in there less than a week after the election, taking garbage bags full of ballots out and shredding them. She saw it on video. They did nothing. And so Sally, who was just an election worker at the time, and you have you can see her on the videos that were shown with Rudy Giuliani and Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, she got up there and spoke to the state Senate here in Georgia and said, look, I saw this happening here in Cobb County. I'm just an election worker. So she got so mad that she ran and she won and she's the Cobb County Republican chairwoman now. But she has sent me videos in the last day or two that show the machines are still connected. The It's a SSVD, same you-know-what, different day. Mm -hmm. And until they get rid of the machines, there's no way you're going to win. I have a friend who's Venezuelan. She called me up. She lives here in Georgia. She said, Donna, uh, it's the same thing I'm seeing except in English. Exactly what happened to my country of Venezuela except in English. You've got to get rid of these machines. You've got to go to paper ballots. And quite honestly, it's called election day for a reason. Mm -hmm. Why do you need why do you need all these absentee ballots? You can go to the bank and cash a check and show an ID. You can get your butt to to the to polls. If you can't, too damn bad. 
You know, All right. Well, Donna, tell say. people what they can do. What can we understand? The, the system's rigged and everything. But what can the j- average Joe public person do? Uh, their civic duty to try and help change this. Well, we had Dan Schultz from Precinct Strategies, who's on with Steve Bannon all the time on uh, the network. We're on Real America's Voice. It's precinctstrategy.com. And he tells you, and just as Claire was saying, how you can get involved. The local level is so important. And if COVID did nothing else, it opened our mm-hmm. eyes to that. There's another thing that's very interesting that Joe Vaughn talked about during the convention, and that is called bonds for the win, as he calls it. These lawmakers are bonded. If they do stuff that is yeah. against what they swear to do, they can be held liable, uh, personally liable. And if they're found guilty, they can be personally held liable, which means monetarily. And they also can never run for office again. Go against the bonds of these people at the precinct level, at the you know parent, the PTA level, the school boards. If they are going, if they say they're going against critical race theory and it's in there, they've obviously lied. They've that which you know you've got to look. Unfortunately, you probably have to get a lawyer, but you got to look at whether it negates their bond, and if it does then they're personally liable. And that is really working big time in many areas. But just as Claire said, everything is at the local level. It's it's really the biggest thing. And you know what? A lot of these people who say they're Republicans, they're Democrats who've been placed there by the Republican Party for decades. I was at the Fox News Channel in 2020 during the hanging chads thing. Mm -hmm. And we all thought at the time, that Bill Clinton was going to declare martial law back then. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try it now. And quite honestly, Naomi Wolf, who's on our show this week, feels that the midterm elections aren't going to happen, which is a whole other can of worms we could talk about. It's scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Hey, you two, I really appreciate you guys coming on and continuing what we started for. It's been three years now during the convention <laughs> and after it's over. Usually the first two years, we'd be up on Saturday till four in the morning, you know, just sitting around yapping. And then this time it was after the convention. And then Sunday morning, you know, we're just standing outside just trying to solve the world uh, and the world's problems, especially the problems of the United States for an hour. So I thank you both for coming on. Before we go, we'll start with you, Claire, and then Donna. Please tell people who you are, what you do, and how they can reach you. Okay, so um, Lopez Liberty, LLC. Um, I do not yet have a website, but you can follow my work, videos, my writing. I have a blog site at Newsmax. Uh, you can find me there. I also post at Citizens Commission on National Security at the United West also. Uh, you can find me often with Jamie Glazoff on um, the Glazoff Gang videos uh, and publishing at Front Page Magazine. I'm also new, newly this year um, a senior advisory board member for Sarjit Sangari's Near East Center for uh, strategic engagement. And you can find me on social media at Claire M. Lopez on Twitter. My name as well, same thing uh, at Facebook. I'm Lopez Liberty on Telegram. And I'm newly joined up at Truth Social, where you can find me at 
Klercho, C-L-A-R-E-C-H-O. That's my Slavic nickname. Oh, really? Okay. I have to do that, Claire. I haven't <laughs> done that one. I just yeah. got on Truth Social. It took like a month for me to get okayed, but I'm finally on that. Um, if I can give a shameless plug. Uh, you're supposed to. A, That's what you're here for. <laughs> okay. There's another uh, rocktheredusa.com convention in Ocala, Florida, that Eric Trump is going to be the keynote speaker and Mike Lindell. It's only a one-day thing. Beautiful Ocala. With I, I want to go down there and look at that equestrian center quite honestly. But um, that's going to be, I believe it's June 11th, whatever that Saturday night is. And Don and I are going to speak there. We're not going to MC at this time because, quite honestly, um, when we MC, we don't get to really talk to everybody and see what's going on and get a feel of what's going on. It's kind of nice to be able to just be a speaker. We're also going to this Tuesday night. Don and I are going to be at Marjorie Taylor Greene's headquarters covering the election returns here in Georgia for Real America's Voice from Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, headquarters and other reporters, obviously the great reporters, uh, Heather Mullins, who is in 2000 Mules. Um, she's going to be reporting. I'm not sure whether she'll be at Purdue or Heiss's headquarters, but um, on Tuesday night, Real America's Voice is going to have quite a big footprint as far as covering the uh, primary election for Georgia. And uh, then there's also, we're going to be out in Dallas, um, carrytheload.org. It's like Wounded Warrior Project, but like 95% of what they take in goes to Wounded Warriors at Rivershorn Park in Dallas Memorial Day. And um, it's just an amazing uh, thing. And, and the Danny Dietz Memorial Classic, which is a rodeo, uh, a couple days before that out in Dallas, Danny Dietz um, made the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, this is something for his memorial uh, as well. So a lot of great things in Real America's Voice. Hopefully we'll be covering that as well. We're heading out that way next week. Yes. Now you failed to mention, I am shocked, CowboyLogic.us, where people can reach you. And before you tell them about that, uh, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast will download on Tuesday, the 24th of May. So what she is telling you about being at Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, headquarters, that will be the day that this podcast downloads. So this will be current. Um, they right. will be there that Tuesday. But please tell them how to reach you at Cowboy Logic. Well, if you go on um, cowboylogic.us, you can get all of the information on where to reach the show and see past shows and interviews and everything else. We also have our, our Dr. X-Ray, who is a radiologist, who is, you know, tries to um, kind of protect his identity because he's still practicing. But he's a veteran, and um, he has been our great, really, information source for everything COVID. And everybody who emails him who might have a problem with getting sick or a loved one getting sick or hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, he answers every email. If you go on cowboylogic.us and uh, click on, you know, the Dr. X-ray, he will answer it all and it will show you dosages for things, how best to um, protect yourself against COVID with D3 and zinc and ivermectin and, and uh, quercetin and things like that. 
He's just wonderful. He's going to be back on our show this next show as well. He's it's he's kind of taking a respite for a couple of weeks, but we're going to have him back on by popular demand. But um, if you go to cowboylogic.us, you can get all the stuff about the show and when we air on Real America's Voice, which is weekends at this point, 6 a.m. Saturday and Sunday and 9 p.m. on Saturday night as well. Uh, thank you for that. And thank you both for coming on, because I just wanted to have an extension of what we do. And it just happens organically. It's not like we ever plan it. We just end up at the same place at the same time and just start yapping. So I really appreciate both of you because I learn a lot because both of you for, uh, coming from different areas have your ear right there to the grindstone. So uh, we may not be able to uh, solve America's problems, but we try. So Claire, yep. Donna, thank you for coming on. God bless you, your families. Thank you. Love Glad you to be with Take both care. of you. Thank you. Thank you. Here. There you have it. Claire Lopez and Donna Fiducia doing what they do best. I want to thank Donna Fiducia and Claire Lopez for recreating what we've done for three years now following the conclusion of the Rock the Red Conservative Convention in Greenville, South Carolina. I treasure the opportunity to talk all things politics with two people who know what's going on and are willing to openly speak about it. Thanks for sharing with the listening audience. Looking forward to the next time. In closing, I would be remiss not to give a final shout out to Donna's Cowboy Logic partner, Don Nguyen. Sorry you couldn't join us this time, cowboy, as I always look forward to experiencing the creative ways you find to take broadcasts off the rails, over the cliff, so to speak. I do believe, though, we felt your presence in there somewhere. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends about the show. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.